sportsmanship, confidence building, positive attitude, learning from failure, and success. You'll find it all here. This is Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs, Digital Edition. Welcome to the exclusive digital edition of Sports Psychology Today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and you can hear this and all our other podcasts at winnersunlimited.com. I've been a sports psychologist for 36 years and have worked with athletes at all levels of competition, from the Olympic and professional level all the way down to the youth sports level. One of the things that's concerned me in my 36 years of work has been the topic of abuse, verbal and physical abuse that exists in the world of sports, not just in society, but in sports as well. I've had to address this in my office many, many times with coaches, parents, and athletes. One of the things that I find is that it's becoming more prominent because a lot of coaches' egos get caught up in what's going on. The goal of winning, the goal of having to be the best becomes so much of a priority for so many of these people, they forget why they're there. In our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports that I wrote with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery and my guest today, Olympic swim coach Pete Malone. We talk about the role parents play, the role coaches play, the role athletes and officials play in the world of sports. And it's one that should be all directed towards the athlete, helping the athlete become the best they can be, making the sports experience a fun experience, an enjoyable experience, and one where they can learn and grow and most importantly have fun. But today we see too many situations that are going on where abuse goes on. This past week, there was a situation in Denver, Colorado, where a cheerleading coach was fired for forcing cheerleaders training to do the splits. They were videoed. It's a disgusting video to watch. And it's the second time this individual has been fired as a coach. Obviously, something's wrong there if he's been rehired and these things are going on. You have a situation going on with the United States Gymnastics where the team doctor has been under investigation for sexual inappropriate touching of many gymnasts over a 20-year period. That's in court. You have situations like this happening around the country now where coaches are doing inappropriate things. They're going beyond their role as a coach and being verbally and physically abusive with athletes. Today I'm going to be talking with Olympic swim coach Pete Malone about this, his experience working with athletes, and his thoughts. And now I'm privileged to have Olympic Hall of Fame swim coach Pete Malone joining me this morning to talk about the issue of coach abuse in the world of sports. I've known Pete for over 30 years. He was the head coach of the Kansas City Blazers Swim Club in Kansas City, 45 years as a swim coach, coach of five Olympic gold medalists, hundreds and hundreds of athletes who went on to swim in college on scholarships. A man who has had extensive experience internationally coaching swimmers and understands the world of swimming, but most importantly understands the world of coaching. He is also one of the co-authors in our book, Just Let Him Play, along with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery. Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. I work with Pete since 1983, and a man who has extensive knowledge about the world of coaching, about athletes, and about parents. First of all, Pete, thanks for joining me this morning. Thank you for inviting me to join you this morning, Andy. I'm honored. Well, let's talk about this topic. You know, this past week... There is a situation in, in Colorado where a cheerleading coach was fired for forcing cheerleaders to do the splits. It's the second time now this has happened with him. And this comes in light of the situation with the United States Gymnastics, 
where one of the team doctors, Dr. Larry Nassar, is under investigation for sexual abuse with a number of gymnasts over the years. He's a team doctor with USA Gymnastics for years. And a number of Olympic gymnasts have come out on television and in the media and talked about inappropriate things that he did with them. We have this issue of abuse going on in the world of sports. Physical abuse, verbal abuse. You're a man who coached for 45 years, coached swimmers, and you had to push them to their limits. You had to push them to get to the point where they could challenge themselves. And swimming, like any aerobic endurance sport, like cycling or running, you have to deal with pain. And there has to come a point where you have to push through that pain, but you also have to understand where can that pain be damaging. As a swim coach, you had to understand the rationale coaching these young people. How far can I push them? Where, where is it healthy and where does it become unhealthy? So the role of a coach is so important. A coach is a guide, a mentor, a disciplinarian, a psychologist, a friend. You have to wear many hats, and you have to know when you need to be pushing an athlete, yet at the same time when you need to put your arm around them and be supportive. So this topic of abuse, Pete, is one that's a concern for me. It's a concern for all of us in the world of sports. If we're going to talk to parents about this, how do we help them understand really what abuse is and what should they do when they sense there might be some kind of abuse going on with their child, with the coach? Well, my first thing is is that, you know, right there you have to start off with, and I totally agree that this has evolved. And, you know, part of the luxury of having a 45-year career is I've been able to watch all the changes of society in sports and a lot of the other things. And some of them are great. Some of them are kind of poor, in my opinion. But, you know, everything continues to change. And the way we conduct business is different. You know, it's just like watching, you know, the business trends right now, Amazon's flourishing and brick and mortars are closing, you know, but we're still buying stuff, okay? And I think you have to look at the evolution here, but where we're at right now in sports with the visibility and the motivation and so many people are driven by the aspect, not just what they're going to get to experience and it's going to be about the educational experience and how this will help my child learn a practical way of of what they do and what they get you know what i mean we've we've made this thing sometimes bigger than what it really is and it really is a game it's an activity it's an activity so our child has an opportunity to grow learn and learn how to experience their potential and then apply it to the bigger things and aspects of life in the years ahead with that parents have to be communicating and they have to, and communication a lot of parents think they communicate because they have no trouble telling their child what they want them to hear but the real question is can their child tell them and do they hear you know it's their listening ability that is far more important than what they're able to tell their child. And I think sometimes the way things have evolved, I really see that parents are challenged. And as a result, some coaches can take advantage of that because the the child or the athlete don't have a, a forum that anybody's really listening to them. They're, the coach is on a mission and the parents are on a mission and this poor child is thought she was on a mission or he was on a mission, but they're really not listening to him. So as, as a parent, if you suspect there might be some type of abuse going on, 
how do you address it with your child? How do you address it with the coach? How do you address it with the, the league? Well, you start off by addressing it with the child, and you make sure you ask them what what they what they think is going on in their activity, okay, and how they feel about it, okay. And you you know it's like anything else; it's a little bit of investigation, and you you don't tell them what you think's going on. You get them to tell you what you you feel, and then you give them leading questions to see how they respond. They might not directly come out because. Just like they might be concerned of losing their spot or their best friends are in this group and they want to make sure they get to stay with their group. You know what I mean? But also you got to reassure them all the time that this activity is a choice. This is something you've chosen to do and you can choose not to do. And, you know, you know you got to keep all doors open as a parent and make sure they feel they can talk with you. If you feel there is a something going on and you've now gotten enough clues that you feel they're substantial enough that I would definitely go whether, you know, depend. first you go to the organization that you're part of and whoever the superior is or whatever is that this person's above if you feel you can't speak to this person. Obviously, I'd much rather have the parent go right to the center of it and go to the coach or the instructor or whatever. But sometimes if it's an abuse situation, you might be a little concerned. You know, there's different types of abuse, okay? And if you don't feel you can talk to the coach, you definitely have to go to the next level on the ladder. Okay. As a swim coach, you've had to deal with things like this before, all right? And it's a sensitive issue because, let's face it, lots of parents see sports as a venue, an avenue for their kids to get to college. They see it as an opportunity for them to save a lot of money. They're spending a lot of money for their child in that activity, but they think in the end it will save their save their money on college tuition and expenses as well. So a lot of parents will put up with a lot of things, feeling that their coach knows what's going on. Where's the point, though, where as a parent you have to step in? You've had to deal with this before as a coach, and now you're a grandparent. You're watching your grandchildren play all kinds of activities. You raised three daughters. Where as a parent do you get to the point where you suspect something's going on and you have to step in? Well, I'd rather do it too early than too late. That's number one, okay? And when you don't think what's going on is educationally sound, and that was a principle that I built my program on and would constantly press to all my staff, but also to my board of directors and to the other organizations I was part of, is what we're doing educationally sound and be willing to measure it against that. And if you can't see that things are educationally sound and they're only based around what the material rewards are, then you gotta, you gotta, you're out of balance, okay? And, um, you know, so that would be my first clue, and I'd be stepping in. And, I'd, and I would rather step in earlier than later. What are signs that there's some kind of abuse going on from your perspective. I mean, you, you've you been around the world of swimming for, you know, over 45 years as a coach. You've seen situations that have happened. Where What are some of the signs as a parent that you can pick up that there's some kind of abuse going on with your child, maybe not physically but emotionally? Well, when they get in the car, ask them how, not just how things went. Do a mood mood check. 
you got to look at their face. You know what I mean? You know, ask them, you know, not so much what they accomplished, but, uh, you know, did you have fun today on a one to three scale? You know what I mean? Tell me how much fun it was, okay? And when I started, when I started hearing two, I have a question mark. When I hear one, well, I'm going to be talking to them a lot more to investigate why it wasn't fun. It might be because one of their friends didn't talk to them today. You know, investigate, okay? But it might be that, you know, the you know, the coach wanted me to do this and I couldn't do that. That's a different type of investigation, if that makes sense to you, okay? And if it's a standard thing, I don't like them getting in the car and discussing the game going home. I don't want them evaluating what they did, but it's another thing when the athlete has a chance just to talk what they want to say. And that's where it should be kept. It shouldn't be what you want to say. It's what you want to let them know you're listening and give them a chance. And if you have that communication line right there, you have a chance that if something's not right, they're going to let you know. You know, we, we look in the world of sports today, and a lot of parents say that their kids aren't tough enough. They need to be made tougher. You hear that from a lot of coaches. Yet at the same time, there's a sensitivity to how hard and how far can you push a child. What's the difference and what's the point where mental toughness turns into mental abuse? Well, it's like anything else. Too much of one drug is can be a real, can kill you. You know what I mean? Even though it might cure you, you know, it becomes abusive. And we're hearing about the opiate thing, okay? Well, that was all developed to help manage some pain. You know what I mean? It wasn't meant to do do what it's, how it's being abused, okay? And so I think it's a fine line. And so you have to be careful there. But um, mental toughness is definitely a characteristic. And one, can you teach it or develop it? Yeah, because it might be latent in some people. And it might just not be part of that person's chemistry. And the coach has got to know if it's not part of their chemistry, don't try to make them have something unless that's something they want to own. Now, I'm all about owning the black line. And that, in my sport, the, the swimmers run up and down a black line. And from the very early stages when they get out of our novice groups, you know, one of the things we try to teach them is that this is when they ultimately get up to race, there's nobody else in that lane between their lane ropes. And they, that is their line. And which is a lot different from other sports because your space is invaded in a lot of the other sports, but it's not invaded in ours. But we still have to teach them the ownership of what they're doing. So I think that's an important thing. As a coach with 45 years of experience, you were able to witness a variety of things. You coached young athletes, you coached Olympic athletes, you coached world-class athletes. How do you get an athlete to understand how far they can push themselves? You know, as, a, as any endurance sport athlete knows, there's a point where you hurt, and then there's a point where the hurt becomes too severe. The pain becomes too strong. How do you get an athlete to work through that, yet not injure or hurt themselves? Well, in my, you know, it's not as big a problem at the novice groups, and probably for your audience, they should understand, I ran what I called a family-based swim club. And when I retired, we had close to 500 families in the club, and which represented maybe 600-plus swimmers. And 
you know, I actually had, had more coaches working for me than when I originally started the club in 1975, you know. Um, so I think... And I always reminded my staff that our, even though we were developing kids that ultimately were going on to swim in college, the goal of the Blazer Swim Program or the program I was leading was not about getting college scholarships. It was about creating young adults that understood how to reach their potential. And if that was part of the process, then that's great. That's, that's part of that's going on. So I think you have to understand that what you're doing when you're putting your program together and pr- when you're putting your child in programs, where do they really want to go? But if all they want to sell is that we're going to help your child become a professional athlete, that to me would be a big red, red light as to I need to investigate a lot further. Um, but I think that in the case when you got up uh, near the upper ends of my group, and let's talk about when you finally fall into my elite group, which in my elite group I had as kids as young as 12, but that was a real exception. And, um, and you know, but most of the kids in the group were 15 to 18, and you might say there was less than 5% that were 13 or 12, and the rest of the group, you might have a few that are postgraduates from college, you know, which might be another 5 or 10%. So you're kind of getting the chemistry of the group. But we had a system that when I felt that I was challenging somebody really long, and we were always a 1 to 5 scale usually, sometimes a 1 to 3. Uh, I don't like 1 to 10 because 1 to 10 is way too watered down, and um, I need to get more specific. But and, and I would ask them where they're at on their comfort level, and, and that sometimes it's their mental comfort and their physical comfort, and I would separate the issues. So I use that all the time. Um, especially when they were telling me they were trying as hard as they could. And I would then challenge them to give me a, a grade, you know, and I might say, okay, on a one to five scale, tell me where you're at physically. Tell me where you're at emotionally, okay? And when those two numbers come together, um, I know I need to back off, okay? The role of parents, the role of coaches, the role of athletes, the role of officials, we talk about it in our book, The Athletic Box. And everything reflects and directs towards the athlete everybody has a role everybody needs to understand their role oftentimes however i think some people go outside of their role and start to take on the attributes of of somebody else sometimes parents on the sidelines start to try to coach their kids they start telling them what's right or wrong sometimes coaches try to get too involved in a child's life how does a child understand where maybe a coach is going too far with them or, 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 you know, if we talk about this whole issue of verbal abuse, how can we educate kids to understand where a coach may be going too far? Well, it's no different than you tell them they can't cuss, you know what I mean, the child, okay, and you correct them when they don't, they don't talk nicely to their younger sibling or their older sibling, okay, or they show some disrespect to the parent. Those are all teachable moments. Um, or how they treat a friend, you know, and you, so to say you can't do it, you know, you know, when you see that going on between the coach and the athlete, it's a teachable moment, okay? I mean, they're not a pincushion, and just because the guy's in charge or she's in charge, you know what I mean, they still have to teach, treat them with respect, and, you know, and... You can ask them a simple question. I'm just kind of looking at this. 
is that, you know, is your coach treating you the same way we expect you to treat your brothers and sisters? You know what I mean? And if they're not, then it's time to go talk to that coach. Okay? There's going to be flare-ups between kids. They fight. I mean, we all see it. The squabble's in the house. It happens. Okay? You watched it with your own boys. Okay? But the point is, there's a point where you intervene, and there's a point where you choose to to let them kind of work it out themselves. And it's a as a parent, you're you're never done. You're never done raising. Okay? So... If we sum things up, what we've talked about today is this. I think it's important that everybody understands their role in the, in the world of sports. And if, if you are a parent and you have any type of idea that there might be some type of abusive situation going on, you need to take the time to sit down with your child and ask some questions, if I'm hearing you correctly, from your perspective. And then go to the coach or go to the league, league officials and address that issue then second, second after you've talked to your child. Absolutely, but I, I just want to let you know, you don't have communication between the parent and the athlete all of a sudden. This, is not, this has got to start right from the beginning when you take that kid to the most fun activity in the world when they're three or four years old, you know what I mean? And you've got to keep that line, and it just kind of grows because that child has to be able to trust you that they can truly tell you what they are experiencing. And you have a responsibility not to let your ego of how far your child might be able to get an activity, which is where I think some of this is getting out of balance, is the parents want more for their child and they're letting what I would call stop signs that should have stopped them should be red lights and they should have been have to it shouldn't be a caution sign you know what i mean and they're just looking at it as a caution sign and this is where i think i just don't see how it gets to this level i understand the coaches are wrong the doctors are wrong that you referred to they are so wrong there's no way but somehow this was a lot equally a concern of mine Okay, and how can we allow this to happen? So there's administrators above them that made big mistakes, but just as much, the kids coming through the system didn't make any mistake, but their guardians did. Well, it's about communication, and it's about understanding, and it's about trust. And if I'm hearing you correctly, those values apply across the board. And if you're a parent and you have a child participating in any activity, not just sports but anything, and you think there's any type of abuse going on, it's it's your responsibility to take charge, be assertive, and ask questions and try to get to the bottom of it and take them out of that activity if you think something wrong is going on. The child's welfare should be more important than the material result. Bottom line, when that thing's out of balance, you're in the wrong place. Well, well Pete, I want to thank you so much for our, our discussion this morning. Uh, great advice, as always. Uh, your experience speaks for itself. 45 years as a swim coach in the Olympic Swimming Hall of Fame. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me, Andy. I appreciate it. Keep doing this podcast. It's a real value to the rest of this country, and I hope more people listen. All right. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Well, that wraps it up for this digital edition of Sports Psychology Today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Remember, you can hear this and more great interviews and discussions on my website, winnersunlimited.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Sports Psychology Today with Dr. Andrew Jacobs, digital edition. Find out more at winnersunlimited.com.